Good morning. I have sort of a uh, good news, bad news, bad news, good news uh, proposition for you here. Um, the bad news is I am not Malcolm Geit. I don't know if you can tell that. I don't have a British accent, a caller. I'm not an academic or an esteemed poet. Um, and so if you were expecting to hear something like that today, uh, that's, that's the bad news. But the good news is that I'm here and we're talking about Psalm 42. Well, at least I hope that's good news for you. Um, man, but the good news also is that last week was such a fantastic sermon. I don't know if you got to hear it um, or if you were in the pews or saw it online, but if you haven't, you should check it out on YouTube. Uh, it was such a great experience to have that on Pentecost Sunday. My son and wife uh, stayed home sick, and unfortunately, that's where they are again today. Um, but as my son was watching, JP said uh, he sounded like C.S. Lewis. Um, and he's never heard C.S. Lewis, right? Like, he doesn't know what he sounds like, but he just... He thinks that what, that's what he sounds like. All right, so I'm talking about Psalm 42 today, and it is secretly one of my favorite psalms. And I say secretly because it's one of those psalms that you know that you know, but you don't know that it's Psalm 42, right? So when Jimmy told me that I was preaching on Psalm 42, I said, great, what, what's that? What's Psalm 42? And uh, so we cracked open the Bible, and uh, the first line says, you know, as the deer pants for water. And as soon as he says that, it's like, okay, I knew it. Right? If you've been around church since 1981, then uh, hopefully you've heard that song. Or, may, or maybe you've heard that song, because I, I certainly had a lot. And that psalm has a special place in my heart. And the reason is this. So I come from a larger family. I am one of four. Anyone else from a bigger family? Yeah? Okay, so I have three older sisters who are amazing, overachieving, and incredibly smart. They paid me to put that in the sermon. And in our family living room, we had this old stand-up piano that was my great-grandmother's. Nothing really special about it, faded caramel in color, and constantly out of tune with a broken bench. Maybe you guys know a, a certain piano like that in your own home. My mom loved that piano, so naturally, all of her kids had to have lessons. Or at least she thought. After the first three kids, my older sisters... Uh, couldn't really stick with their lessons, she thought, why force her fourth child to take piano? So I didn't get any piano lessons when I was really young. Any other younger siblings in the room know what that's like? You know, math is mystic. You know my pain. I feel like the youngest, you know my pain. But eventually, when I was older, I became interested in learning piano. And I was dropped off at a friend's house at my mom's, who was, at, who, who was a colleague at Bible Study Fellowship. And she would teach me this song, As the Deer Pants for the Water. You know, of course, after you learn all the scales and, uh, you know, JP's uh, hammering away at some Star Wars songs right now. But the basics, right? So I learned that song. And it's really one of the only songs that I learned in the beginning. I'm not really trying to toot my own horn here. I'm really not all that musically gifted, if I'm honest. There are more than several middle schoolers right now in our youth group who could out-piano me. And some of them are in the pews right now. It's just true. But music for me, music for me was for expressing emotions, and it can be such a comfort, right? And so I learned the piano, it became that comfort for me. As the Deer is just one of those songs, to be honest for me. I know it's old, I know some people <coughs> may not think it's, you know, that great of a hymn. You know, theologically, it doesn't quite follow um, all of Psalm 42, but it's been played many a time during seasons when I needed that comfort that only music can provide. 
I found out that song is actually, um, as the deer, was actually written by a Seattle native. And um, there's a, you know, an interesting article about online if you want to look it up. His name's uh, um, uh, Marty Nystrom. Some of you might be thinking, Psalm 42 isn't only about a deer, Kevin. Come on, get to the good stuff. Let's talk about tears for food. One translation of the Bible said tears for breakfast, which I thought could be an interesting title of an emo album. If you don't know what an emo album is, find someone after the service who is about Gen X-ish or younger and talk to them about it. Um, and as millennials, if you don't know what an album is, find someone older than you on the patio <laughs> and, and you can talk about it. I feel like it'd be great coffee conversation. So this psalm really is so much more than that first simile. In fact, scholars point out, and as, as I've been reading this week, Psalm 42 and 43 are actually pretty connected. They belong together. There's elements of lament and praise throughout these psalms. The central theme for this psalm, though, is a total longing for dependence as we hope in God. To recap verse 1 through 3, you'll find, As the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for God. The message version reads, I'm thirsty for God alive. Thirsty for God alive. It sounds to me like a craving for God incarnate or God in flesh as Jesus. What's interesting, again, about the beautiful simile of a deer panting for streams of water is right after it's completely juxtaposed by what comes next. Like I said before, um, in the following verses, there's tears have been my food. You know, there's people mocking, asking, where is your God? There's a downcast, downcast soul. In, in translations, there's uh, thunder and chaos coming down, questioning God, enemies literally oppressing, adversaries taunting. This would be a totally depressing psalm if it weren't for the praise refrains that followed each of these laments. The positive refrain follows in verse 5. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my God and my help. Then again in verse 8. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at, his, at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. And in again in verse 11, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Somehow, these words written so long ago resonate so strongly with us today, especially in seasons of grief. But even though these are somber passages with hopeful refrains, we can find them incredibly encouraging as Christians. We find comfort or at least I do, knowing that the anger and lament that we feel is shared by the authors throughout the psalm, and specifically in Psalm 42. It tells us, God is big enough for our anger and our grief. There certainly have been seasons in my own life filled with grief, where it was hard to believe those words. It was hard to say this refrain, hope in God, for I shall again praise him my help, my God. For those of you who don't know, I actually sat in these pews where you guys are sitting about 10 years ago. Uh, my wife and I, my wife was a preschool teacher here at John Knox, and we had just moved to Seattle in the second year of our marriage. After about six months of living here, we received a serious uh, phone call with some news deserving of lament, deserving of some of these words in Psalm 42. 
Uh, my mom was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which if you know anything about pancreatic cancer, you know it's basically a terminal sentence. We ended up moving home shortly after to spend as much time as possible with her. <laughs> and unfortunately, shortly after that, after moving home, we'd come to find out Colleen's mom also had a very, a seri a very serious form of cancer. They both ended up passing about two years later. Hmm. I, I pause right here, and actually, I wrote this down this morning because after I read that, I felt like I had to say this refrain. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. What followed that phone call with my mom turned into a long season of grief. It's during these seasons that those hopeful refrains become really hard to speak. You know, actually, um, I heard this on a podcast a few weeks ago. And the speaker of the podcast said this. And I want to read it twice so we can kind of sit with it a little bit. They said this. During intense seasons of grief, it's a complete act of courage to darken the doors of a church. To sit in the pews and to sing praises. During intense seasons of grief, it's a complete act of courage to darken the doors of a church, to sit in the pews and to sing praises. I'm certain that these very pews in this sanctuary have held many courageous parishioners and saints over the years. Oh, the stories they could tell of God's faithfulness. If that's where you're at in your life right now, I want to commend you just for being in worship today or joining us online. Your very presence is an act of courage. Like it says again in Psalm 42, I keep repeating this, as the deer pants for water, our souls long to be connected with God. And we experience this connection through God's grace. Church, one of the most Easy, one of the e most easily felt ways to feel this grace is through relationships, it's through love. You can have defining experiences that change, that change you when the love of God is communicated through others. A no-strings-attached, always-encouraging, always-has-your-back kind of love. May we be the vessels God uses to live out this kind of love. So if you're in a season of grief, or treading enough water to see others struggling. Sorry, wait, let me backtrack. So if you're out of a season of grief, if you're beyond that just enough, or treading water enough to see others struggling as well, or if that's where you've been, I want to remind you is that we need your wisdom. God needs you to check on those who are struggling too. To look for the pain that you've had in yourself and see it in others. I'm sure you can see it a mile away. Church, this is your place for lament. It is your place for grief and a place to praise our God. Hmm. But back to those hopeful refrains in verse 6 and verse 11. Hope in God for I shall again praise. This is a, this is a refrain we all need to hide in our hearts. Not just in seasons of grief, but at all times. Now I want to briefly just draw a distinction for the word hope here in the passage. 
Hope is not optimism, right? Hoptimism, uh, optimism. <laughs> Freudian slip, there you go, right? Yes. Optimism just says find the silver lining. It says look on the bright side of everything. It's a forward-facing sort of view where hope is distinctly looking back on what God has already done for us to rest assured in our future. We look back on the works God has done to rest assured in our future. So in this season of grief following my mom's passing, eventually I was able to look back on the ways God had already showed up in my life. One of these really significant moments for me was my mom holding my son, JP. When I found out the news of my mom's cancer, I felt this deep desire, um, this word from God, just uh, this hope, I don't know what it was, for uh, my mom to hold one of my children. It was a prayer, it was this thought that just stayed with me daily. And to me, it felt like a, a promise from God. But Colleen and I weren't really planning on having kids early in our marriage. For those of you that have been married, you know, we had the plan, right? Wait four to five years, okay? Finish grad school, make sure all of our finances are in order, have everything figured out. We certainly weren't planning to have a child during this immense season of grief. God had other plans. JP was a surprise to us, but not to God. He was an incredible gift of joy that we desperately needed in our lives. And he still is. And my mom got to hold him. And we have this picture of her smiling down, um, smiling down at him in the hospital, and it, it, it hangs on our fridge in our home. It serves as one of those reminders on the work that God has done that I can look back and have hope looking forward. These refrains, these hopeful refrains that continue to pop up in Psalm 42, give us a glimpse into the character of God as well. The longing for God becomes manifest later on through Christ. And Christ in the flesh is the answer ultimately to this prayer. Christ crucifi crucified and resurrected is the fulfillment of the hope that we cling to. I love this about the scriptures. I love that we can have a macro view over the stories leading up to Christ. Throughout the Old Testament and the Psalms, we are building toward the coming of Christ, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. It's in these actions of God that we, as followers of Christ, can look back, and this is where we can find our hope. And even when we can't sing those words, Maybe there is an outlet that we can use to praise God, an act of worship that you can muster. It could be writing someone a card who's going through a hard time or taking care of your neighbor's yard because they can't anymore. Or maybe just even a silent prayer on your daily walk, asking God for the courage to hope again. Or maybe a young man tapping single notes on his great-grandmother's piano to As the Deer. 
When I first started taking those piano lessons, I never expected it to be the outlet that it's been for me over the years. Truthfully, I really started taking piano lessons because I wanted to play songs by Ben Folds. He was one of my favorite piano artists. I guess some of the church music was okay too, though. I've never played a concert. I've never even played a recital. I hardly play in, anyone, uh, in front of anybody else besides my own family, which I kind of thought was my goal, right? God had other plans. Music and piano really have become tools that have helped me be able to sing those refrains of hope. Maybe that's the gift of these psalms in scripture, like Psalm 42. To give followers of God words when we can't find them ourselves. So, where does the faded caramel color piano sit now? It sits in my living room. In the hope in the hope that it might be a tool that my own my own kids will use again to sing again hope in God, my help and my God. Church, as I close, I want to I say this, just briefly. Whether you're riding high or barely riding at all, may we find the courage to say, hope in God, our help and our God, we will praise you again. Amen and amen.